0: John has been dealing with issues that uh, in 1st John that we are to know, we are to understand, we are to be confident in as believers in Christ Jesus and uh, let's just if you got your Bibles open up to 1st John chapter 5 look at verse 13. It says these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know, so he's writing to us as believers, that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask, right he'll pray and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death there is sin leading to death and I do not say that he should pray about that all unrighteousness is sin and there is sin not leading to death um, well let's keep reading we know that whoever is born of God does not sin but he who has been born of God keeps himself And the wicked one does not touch him, and we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen, amen, amen. So seven times uh, this word know is in our passage within these next uh, nine verses here. It means to be sure, right? To understand fully. And that word understand, according to verse 20, uh, and confidence in verse 14, speaking of uh, prayer, just dealing with prayer. And, you know, we we last week we were dealing with five witnesses, uh, and not only do they validate what we have in Christ Jesus, which which is the life that we have in the Lord, right? But also we have confidence, knowing with full assurance, full understanding toward what we ask of the Lord as well. And that's what we're going to get in today. There's seven things that are outlined for us that we are to know as believers in Christ. We're to fully understand, be confident in these things. Specifically, John uh, outlines for us, And the first, let's just dive into it, is eternal life. Eternal life. Go back to verse 13. It says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So how do we know we have eternal life? How do we how can we be sure that we have eternal life? How can we be confident that we have eternal life in Christ Jesus? Well, I go to church every week, right? I, uh, I, I, I go and tell people about the Lord. I read my Bible every day. I pay my tithes, you know. Is, are, are you going to go to heaven and have eternal life because of those things? Uh-uh. No, not at all. And that's not how you have eternal life. It's not based on what you do, who you know, uh, you know, the things. It's, no, it's based on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, right? It's based on what he did for you and me on, on the cross. So eternal life, it's based on believing. Notice verse 13 again. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. So notice Faith and believing, it's not based on works, right? Notice every time the Bible talks about believing on him, it's not saying you have to do this, this, and that. It's something you naturally will do. You'll do good works, right? Uh, James talks about that. But Paul makes it very clear in Ephesians 2, verse 1. 8 and 9 he says for by grace you have been saved through faith that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest anyone boast right lest we boast about these things so we don't work our way into heaven you can't do it it's by faith right that's simply how we have our relationship with Christ Jesus you're not saved by what you do or what you have and don't be afraid to challenge people by the way on their salvation I'd like to uh, when I go witnessing down, you know, the road or, or you know, I just strike up a conversation and I just say, hey, um, are you going to heaven? And they'll be like, you know, and then you just wait and see all the responses that you get. Well, why are you going to heaven? And, well, my dad's a pastor, so, you know, I'm pretty good. Yeah? What? Really? Well, I read the whole Bible, so I'm, I guess that qualifies. Wait, What? People think they're going to heaven based on what they think. It's not based on what you think. Thinking doesn't create reality, right? You're not. We're not God. We base our eternal life based on what the Word of God says, right? And then what, what does God say? Who cares about what we think? So it's not about our faith, our belief. It's about the object of our faith, right? It's it's Jesus Christ. That's what. Look at verse 13 again. It's it says that you believe. Uh, In the name of the Son of God, so the object of our faith, it's Jesus Christ. you put your faith in anyone or anything else, uh, you're going to be very disappointed in the end. In the name of the Son of God, did you guys catch that phrase? Twice it mentions it here in verse 13, Uh, and and it's very interesting. So why is the name of Jesus so important? Turn with me to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. When we speak of the name of the Son of God, it doesn't only point to the proper name, which is Jesus, right? Um, but it speaks of who he is, it speaks of what he's done, and it points to his character. It points to his nature, that he's the Messiah, he's the Anointed One, he's the Son of God. And when you say the the, the name of the Son of God, you're saying something very incredible, Paul understood this he said in Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 he says therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's the greatest name ever given, right? Since it's the only name that can offer eternal life. And that's what John, as you read the book of 1 John, you're you're, you're understanding. uh, In fact, in uh, chapter 5, it's all about life, right? That God is life and he offers this life to you and I. Then Peter understood this in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. He says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So it speaks of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, right? What he did for you and I, and that speaks of eternal life. He's offered us eternal life. And John chapter 20, if you're there with me, look at verse 31. It says. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, and that believing you may have life in his name. See, the whole context of 1 John 5, again, is that God is life, right? So this fits the same context here. How do we know that we have eternal life? By believing in his name. Simple, right? It's not difficult. It's not something you have to, you know, get a whole bookshelf about and figure out this mystery. It's very, very simple. This has eternal consequences by the way if you choose not to believe in the son of God that Jesus is God Almighty come in the flesh then uh, you're going to be uh, your eternal life is at stake basically and and that's a that's a scary place to be in if that's the case so you need to believe that Jesus is the son of God there's no other there's no other there's no other help there's no other uh hope right it's it's only in Christ Jesus so let's come to the second thing here The the importance of continuing to believe. Notice in verse 13, go back to 1 John with me, um, he wants us to know and understand how important it is to continue to believe. And notice he says in verse 13, he says, you know, that you believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And this word, Continue, by the way, is an italic, so it's not in the original manuscripts, right? It's not in the original. Believe is in the present tense, and it implies a continual, repetitive action. So continue, that word continue, is good. It's a good word that the translators put there to clarify this verse for you and I. And it's not something we... Stop doing once we get saved. It's something you continue to do. I'm surprised that there's a lot of people that love to argue about this verse. By the way, you can go on and on, and uh, it's it's crazy. Turn with me back to John. Go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. This verse is difficult for a lot of people. Um, now, I believe that God is sovereign, right that God is absolutely sovereign, and He has control over everything every, every everyone everywhere, absolutely all the time uh, and and he's the creator he's the sustainer he's the life giver he is in complete control even in complete control over our eternal life and and yeah that's for sure ephesians one four says just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So God chose you and I before we were even born. It's awesome. G- Jesus said in John 15, look at verse 16. It says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And guys, understand we were... We were dead in our trespasses and in our sin, right? Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, he says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. So I believe in uh, election, right? Predestination is based on his foreknowledge. No, I'm not a Calvinist, right? You guys calm down, right? (laughs) Some people, when they hear these verses, they're like, that's it, this guy. (laughs) No, I'm not. But I also believe in the free will of man, that we are free will agents right we have the free will that God's given us free uh, moral agents and and we have the ability to choose we have the ability to make our own choices in life Joshua said in Joshua 24 15 right he says choose this day whom you will serve in Deuteronomy Moses in in, uh, chapter 30 verse 19 he says choose life so clearly, we have a choice in life. Paul said in Romans 10 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So 2 Peter 3 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Amen. And that's the reason why the Lord hasn't he's he's waiting. He's holding up because that's not his will is that we all come to him, right? But we have a choice to make and not everybody's going to make that choice. Jesus in Mark 8:34 it says, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So clearly, we have a choice in our eternal life with the Lord, right? And I believe that we are eternally secure. We're eternally secure for those who are in Christ Jesus. In John chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus said, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Peter understood eternal security. In Romans chapter 8, verse 38, again, I'm persuaded that neither life nor death uh, nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I believe we should... So those are just, I'm throwing those out there. If we go through Romans, we could go through a whole lot and, and what's the difference of these you know, different uh, teachings and whatnot, but that's not our, our study right now. I'm a little tempted to go there, but we're not. Um, but I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, but understand, in the context of 1 John, stay there in, in John chapter 15, but in the context, we are to continue... To believe and there's people they're gonna say no you just need to pray ask the Lord in your heart and once you're saved you got it made you can sin all you want Paul says certainly not right I don't think so and he puts to, to death that thought and John's doing the same idea here but this speaks of abiding in Christ right to continue in Christ look at John chapter 15 look at verse 1 if you have your Bible it says I am Jesus says I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, and neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he has he is cast out as a branch. And is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. And if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So understand. Uh, nobody can take you away from Christ, right? And how do we know we have eternal life? Because we continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. We believe in Jesus. It's a continual, repetitive thing that we daily do right we take up our cross daily and and we follow him just today we remembered what Christ did on the cross for our sins right we asked the Lord to forgive us of our sins and we turned away from doing those things Um, go back to first John chapter 5 first John chapter 5 um, the third thing that John says that we are to know right and we are to understand is the area of answered prayer answered prayer look at verse 14 it says now this is the confidence that we have in him by the way there's no other religion that has confidence by the way in your eternal life your salvation it's only in biblical Christianity that we have we have confidence in Christ. We are guaranteed that we are going to be with Him. No other religion has it. They they say, "Oh, you do this, this, and this," and then Allah says, mm, "Nope, I still don't want you here." Right? Or Mormons? They there's there's still no assurance. There's no confidence. That's why I love First John because there's confidence in our salvation. Right? We're we're, we're secure in Him, but. Notice verse 14, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And by the way, verse 14 through 17, it's dealing with answered prayer. And I've learned three things about the confidence that we have regarding answered prayer. Number one, uh, it's in him. Notice that in verse 14, it's in him Where's our confidence related to prayer? Well, it's in him. It's, it better not be in us, in our long prayers, right? In our, our uh, wonderful prayers. It's in him, right? There's some people that pray really loud. Thou, Lord, we are... And you're like, whoa, they really know how to pray. God's hearing them. No, some people are very like, no, you pray like... Lord, right? Some people are in the King James, right? Thou is, thou, you're thinking that God is King James. <laughs> it's not the way we pray. It's it's in him. Our answered prayer is in him, not in us and our communication with him. It's our heart's response to him. I pray, Opening my eyes when I'm driving, I pray uh, traditionally since I was a kid like this. I put my hands together, I close my eyes, I bow my head, I get on my knees. I pray. That's my tradition. Doesn't mean God's gonna listen, you know, anymore just because I'm doing that. So there's 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 interesting people that pray, and, and uh, oh man, I could go over a lot of different I've heard prayers in my day, and I'm sure you guys have as well, right? With the, like. Thou is our Lord, we pray that you, do you order a cheeseburger like that? Like seriously, come on, you know, be real in your, in your prayer. Anyways, um, but look at verse 14 again. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So it's a wonderful note to know that he hears us, he hears us, but the problem is he not, He's not always hearing you, and and the, the reason why is sin, right? It's because of sin that God will not hear. In Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2, it says, "...but your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear." See, men's prayers are not heard if they're not honoring their wives. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 7, "...husbands likewise dwell with them, number one, with understanding, number two, with giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered." Right? Ever feel like your prayers are not gonna being heard, men? Well, honor your wife, guys. An amen would have went good right there. Just saying. Come on, wife, do this. Seriously. He's like, I don't know about that one. But okay, First John. Go back to First John. Look at look at chapter three. Let me show you something. Chapter three. Look at verse twenty-one. It says, "Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward, that word toward could be the word in, we have confidence in God and whatever we ask we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So our confidence in prayer is also secondly to him right it's to him notice in verse 14 again uh prayer's prayer's not it's not about getting our will done right go back to first john 5 it's according to his will right so it's about getting his will done and not my will done when i pray we often pray about ourselves and then we end up saying lord it, uh, may it be your will, and God's like, oh, right? like, I could just picture how dare you, right? Lord, give me this, give me that, give me this, and make me rule over everything according to your will, right? And it's like, oh, uh, you don't know the word, right? But I, I don't know what to pray in every circumstance in my life, and but I do know that we need to pray according to his will. It's obvious in scripture. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, you guys remember, he's like, guys, don't, don't, don't go be like the Sadducees, right? The Pharisees. They, they love to pray in, 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 the streets, in the open, and in front of everybody, and they, everybody, I'm gonna pray. Everybody, okay. Oh, Lord, right? And they get all crazy, and they, they want, they've been given their reward for sure right but jesus says don't don't do that don't be praying in fact go to your closet where nobody's seeing there is your reward right that's where your reward is. It's the heart that you start to experience the heart of God when you begin to see the Lord, seek the Lord in prayer. And so he teaches them how to pray. And, and he gave the disciples a role model prayer there in Matthew 6. You guys, you guys know it, right? Um, Our Father, hallowed be your name. Um, your kingdom come. But, but stop right there. Immediately, what's the first thing that he teaches them? Give glory to the Lord. Give glory to his name, right? And then in verse 10, he says, and your uh, kingdom come, your will be done, right? And then he goes on, but so may it be your will. So I encourage you guys, start your prayers off by glorifying the Lord, right? Giving honor to him and 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 glory and then and then ending it with you know lord maybe your will right pray according to his will and not our will and so you don't pray your own selfish desires and say lord according to your will <laughs> by the way god answers all of our prayers did you guys know that well how dare him he does he it's either a yes a no or oops, just wait right do you guys like that one I don't like that one. It's like, Lord, I've already been waiting. It's been an hour. Come on, right? We don't like that one, but he does answer in his own timing, and and truly, it's his timing. Um, Jesus, in Luke 22, 42, he says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, whatever you want to do, right? Lord, whatever, however you want to work in my life, that should be our prayer, right? Whatever you want to give to me, however you want to do it, Lord, if you want to break me and shatter me and, and, and do whatever you got to do, because I want it to be all about you and not about me, right? Lord, take away those things that are not pleasing in your sight and, you know, just break me. Lord, whatever you want, let it be your will, I love people when they pray those type of prayers. I love it right it's it's just it's, it's a delight, but we need to give up our wants. we need to give up our desires we need to give up our will and give in to his john four thirty four jesus says uh, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. In John 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So Jesus' whole life was to do the will of the Father. And that should be the same for you and I. Amen, church? Amen. Let's go on. Actually, let me show you one more thing. Go back to Romans 12. Romans chapter 12 all of us want to pray in God's will and the Bible says it talks about a lot about you know being God's specific will uh, for our lives about his general will and his specific will and well how do I know um, there's some specifics that we do know in the Bible Paul says in 1st Thessalonians 4 3 he says for this is the will of God you want to know the will of God your sanctification that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Guys, cut it out of your life. So you guys want to be in God's will? Don't watch it. Don't get near it. Don't touch it. Don't even take heed to it because it's going to take you out of the the will of God, right? If you're not in the will of God, you're doing your own will, right? And if you're doing your own will, you're you're turning your back on the Lord. You're doing your own thing away from the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, "...in everything give thanks." For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you so giving thanks to the Lord is God's will for you and I in our life right even if you're going through tough times right man your marriage is really tough how can I be thankful in this time right now but financially this is all falling apart how can I be thankful right now right this this is going on that's going on lord I'm sick you know how can I be thankful but it's in Christ Jesus according to his will and when it is his will and your mind is focused on it. That's what I'm going to show you right now in Romans 12. But it's going to change the way you think. It's going to change the, your heart's response to him. And it's gonna, you're going to be thankful and thus you're in his will. In First Peter 2.15 it says, "...for this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men." In 1 Peter 4, 2, it says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God, right? These things are the things of the world. And It's okay to have the things of the world, and we talked about that last time. You know, as long as the things of the world, they they don't have you, right? They're not your master passion. It's not your, it's not what drives you. It's not, it's not continually in your head all day long, and then only God's in your mind just when you wake up, or when you go to sleep, right? That, that shows your master passion. That shows your idol, in a sense, right? Where your mind's at. But it involves, uh, Uh, Go to Romans 12. It involves our mind and our body. Two things right there. Romans 12. Look at one. Verse one, it says, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, by which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You want to know God's will? Well, there it is." You allow the word of God to sink into your heart, into your mind, into your your everything, right? Your soul, and you'll you'll be in the will of God as you direct your body, you direct your mind. He'll transform your mind, right? You're getting in the word of God; it's going to fill up your mindset. And what are you going to be thinking about all day? The Word of God, because you're filling up your mind with the Word of God. So you're going to be meditating, chewing up on it, right? Going back over it and being like, yeah, oh, I love that. And, and you're constantly throughout the day, and you're going to be blessed. So as we live for the Lord, as we think about the Lord, we will be in the will of the Lord, right? And simple, right? Live for the Lord. Hey, work hard onto Jesus. Be, a, be set apart for the Lord, right? That's holy. So it's inward and it's outward living for him. And go back to 1 John chapter 5. Um, Let's come to the third thing here. It's our confidence in prayer is, is of him. It's of him. Notice in verse 15, it says, And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Of Him. Notice that all answered prayer is of Him. Since, in fact, we are sure, we would say, right, that all, it, it, He hears us. And how do we know that God answers our prayers? Because we ask, in his name it's all of and from him right so john illustrates this for us in verses 16 and 17 and he's dealing with sin in in these verses right here look at verse 16 it says if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death there is sin leading to death and i do not say that he should pray about that All unrighteousness is sin and there is sin not leading to death. So it's sin that does not lead to death what is that all about right verse 16 and 17 that we just read it's for believers notice in verse 16 it says brothers right so speaking of believers in Christ this is who it's implying and death that word speaks of spiritual death that's the context that we're, we're talking about eternal life in chapter 5 aren't we so it's talking about spiritual death and we still sin as believers don't get me wrong Romans chapter 3 verse 10 uh, chapter 3 verse 23 psalm 51 5 we'll get to verse 18 right now in a little bit but the scripture is just all over the place we fall short of god's glory and so the sin we sin it does not lead to spiritual death we're believers right does it doesn't mean that we're perfect When we do sin, we realize we messed up when we get right with God and we repent. In other words, we don't do it again, right? We turned away from it and we set it up boundaries, we set up accountability, and we made it really hard for ourselves to go back to what was easy to fall away from the Lord, right? And so when we do sin, it's not spiritual separation from God eternally, okay with sin that does lead to death according to the end of verse 16 right here we do sin as sinners and 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 are not okay right to continue to sin we we will be cut off there there is a sin that does lead to death that's eternal separation from God and some say it's not talking about the sin uh and it's it's sin in general they say Others say it points to Matthew chapter 12 verses 31 and 32 and you know Jesus is talking about sin that leads to death and it's called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and and that's the sin that will never be forgiven and the context of Matthew chapter 12 uh, it talks about those who uh, attribute the works of the Holy Spirit through Christ Uh, to the power of Satan is what they're doing there in the context so in a broader context I think it's it's talking about those who ultimately they reject the Lord Jesus Christ in their life right and as you no longer have a choice when you die once you die there's no other choice that was it that you can't be forgiven because you died it's it's done and and all sin can be forgiven when you're alive but not when you're dead. And so the person who died, they can't pray to be forgiven. So there's no reason for you and I thus, right, to pray for those who have died to be forgiven of their sins and have salvation because they're dead, right? So he says, you know, uh, I do not say that they should pray about that. So that's what I believe there. And, And we don't, Pray for the dead to help have salvation. The, there's a lot of people in this world that made millions off of people, uh, fake promises that, you know, your your relatives can go to heaven if you just give them money, right? Because it's all about them and what they can get from you. That's what wolves do, right? They want to fleece the flock. They want to take away from you and receive more on their part. They're the world. But anyways, let's come to the fourth thing here, that we are to know, we are to understand, we are to have full Uh, confidence and assurance in is deliverance from sin we are to understand notice in verse 18 it says we know that whoever is born of God does not sin but he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him so we know that's a statement of fact by the way right Uh, those who are born again do not sin they don't sin in 1 John chapter 3, verse 6, it says, Whoever abides in him does not sin. And whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Right? So 1 John chapter 3, verse 9 says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Many have a problem with this since we... Uh, all sin, right? Romans three twenty three. For all of sin, we've fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, Romans three ten. There is none righteous, no, not one. Ecclesiastes seven twenty says, "For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin." Um, turn with me to First John chapter one. 1 John one. Look at verse eight. It says, "If we say that we have no sin," We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Look at verse 10 of 1 John 1. It says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. It sounds confusing, right? Okay, we 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 do not sin and then we all do sin. So what's going on there, right? What is John talking about here? We, do we sin or do we not sin, right? It involves uh number one, it involves our position. I want you guys to understand that. When when he died on the cross, one thing he did was while taking the sins of the whole world, right? John three sixteen, uh John one twenty-nine. Um, it was declared, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right He took our sins, he bore our sins upon the cross, and since he took our sins, uh, you and I were forgiven right and, and in second corinthians five twenty one he Made he, for he made him who knew no sense be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And that's why we are sinless, spotless. We are perfect in his sight. This speaks of our position in Christ Jesus, right? When God sees us, it's a good thing, right? His, his blood is now imputed to our account. In other words, he sees his righteousness when he sees you and I. We are positionally perfect. We are sinless. We are spotless. Amen? Amen, church? Amen. Uh, But secondly, it involves our practice. I want you to understand, turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. In 1 John 5 18 that we just read, sin is in the present tense, right? Carries the idea of a constant, continual action that's happening here. So those who are born again, they are not continually repetitively living in a lifestyle a habitual lifestyle of sin and it does not mean we don't occasionally fall short of the glory of god we do we fall short we sin but it means sin no longer has power over you and i it no longer has dominion over you and i dealing with sin so look at romans 6 look at verse 11. it says likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as an instruments of righteousness to God for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace amen church ah oh, I love verses like this or it's I just... Wanna jump. Dominion. What does that mean? Power, authority, right? So we're no longer under the power, the authority of sin in this world like we were before we knew the Lord, right? So once we are truly born again, there's a transformation that happens in our lives. And we're no longer we no longer go to those places. We no longer speak the same way we used to speak. We no longer do the things we used to do anymore because Christ has come in your heart, He's transformed your life. The Holy Spirit now, He is taking rule and reign as you abide in him like we just read in John 15 right he abides in you and now he's changing you up so we when we became born again we were cured in a sense from uh well not all of us some of us were cured from just quick recovery right it was just quick sin was boom out of your life you gave your life to the Lord and you're free in Christ and you're victorious and and we all hate you but <laughs> Then there's the rest of us, right, um, that that we might still struggle in certain things. We, may, we fall short in those areas, and we haven't yet quite given over, you know, those things to the Lord quite yet, uh, but realize we're no longer under the power of sin, right? And so, let's come to the fifth thing. Let's go back to 1 John. We better hurry. We got, what, an hour left? So, ha <laughs> ha uh deliverance from the wicked one deliverance from the wicked one notice the end of verse 18 right there you know uh it says you know who has been born of god keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him we know that we are of god and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one so the whole world is under the power and the sway of the wicked one right and satan is ruling and he's reigning over this world. And yes, he is. Ephesians 2 2, it says, uh, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. 2 Corinthians 4 4 says that Satan is the God of this age. Literally, he's the God of this world, right? And Satan has been given this world, I think Adam and Eve, they transferred the title deed in a sense when they chose to fall into sin. Uh, And so thus that happened. So we can't, he can't touch us, right? He can't uh, possess us. He can oppress us, right? He can definitely throw stuff at us. But why can't he touch us because we keep a guard right we keep ourselves in the love of God and question how do we keep ourselves against the wicked one turn back first John chapter 4 first John chapter 4 about a page to your left it's not something we work for or earn in any way it's not something we do in our own might Zechariah 4 6 what does it say not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts right but first John 4 4 it says you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So who is in the world? Satan. Who is in you? The Holy Spirit, right? The Bible, Colossians 1.27, Romans 8.11, Acts 5.32, uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16, 1 Corinthians 6.19, it just goes on and on and on. That's the Holy Spirit in you. So okay, Satan can't be in you, he can't overcome you, he can Can he attack you? yes. Right? Can he possess you? No. But he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. So he's got nothing. There's a warfare that's going on around us, whether you know it or not. Get in the game, right? Understand, believer, you're at war, and you need to start living as if you are in a war. And it's not a a war of the the flesh. It's a war of the spirit, and and it's for your mind. It's for your heart. It's the attack, and that's why the influence that the enemy's throwing at us is strong, right? You you got things that are attacking your mind constantly throughout the day. Ephesians six twelve says, "For we do not wrestle against the flesh and the blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places." And Second Corinthians ten four it says, "For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but in." mighty in god for pulling down strongholds ephesians 6 11 says put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil so don't think it's a burden to you by the way you got to put on this armor every single day you got to do this and that and do this no the bible says put uh what romans um 13 14 i think it is put on the lord jesus right when we receive Christ Jesus. We put on the Lord Jesus. We have everything. We are equipped for everything that we need in this world. We have Jesus, right? He is our armor. So it's a one-time deal. You are born of God. Um, let's come to the sixth thing here. Go back to 1 John 5. It involves knowing that Jesus is the true God. And look at verse 20. It says, and we know that the Son of God has come And has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. A very powerful verse right here, uh, proving how Jesus is God, obviously. (laughs) It's right there. Um, but, and we know that's a statement of fact, meaning, Hey, we know and we're not confused over this. We are confident, we we are assured of, we're confident of this, right? That God has given us an understanding in what? In, well, in these two things. Number one, in knowing him. Notice in verse 20, it says, Know him who is true. Believer, we know that we know him, right? Know, that's the word uh, uh Ginosco two hundred and twenty-three times in the New Testament is to know him personally, to know him intimately, to have that relationship with him, um and that personal experience with him. God has given us an understanding uh regarding the personal intimate relationship that we should be having with Jesus Christ, right? With the Lord. So it's about getting Jesus Christ into our hearts, into our lives, right? Saturated, just his word uh, within us, right? All over the place. We, we are to know Christ Jesus. This is what separates biblical Christianity from all other religions, right? It's all about do, do, do. But this is that he's already done. He's, it's done. It's tetelestai, right? It's finished. It's already been done, you don't need to do anything but just hang out with him. He wants to be your friend. He wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to see you through this world he's put you in, right? The circumstances he allows you to go through, he wants to go through with you. You're not on your own. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Be strong. Be courageous, right? He encourages us. He equips us every way that he that comes our way. So it's, it's it's exciting life that we have in Christ Jesus. So this is what God wants us to understand, right? So move past that... Uh, intellect right that uh, knowledge and, and, and into a personal relationship with Christ Jesus and uh, secondly it involves being in in him being in him notice in verse 20 in the middle there it says and we are in him who is true so what does it mean to be in Christ. Well, it means two things. It involves no condemnation. Notice in Romans eight one, it says, "There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit." And secondly, it involves being a new creation, right? Second Corinthians five seventeen. It says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ." He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. So I think being in Christ means living in christ right living in his power living in his victory living in his uh just in his heart in his His word right in his strength it's it's being just everything about him right and understand that being in christ is not just for eternal life but it's for the practical the here and the now right we're, we're living right now for for the lord um seventh thing let's come to the last thing here Um, We need to know and understand the importance of fleeing idolatry. Notice the last verse. Little children, keep yourselves from idols amen right and and reading this casually right you just might think well that was a random verse to just throw in there but it's not it really it's not Uh, does this fit is it connected to the context yes it is because remember john is writing uh, in in a style a jewish style of contrast he's been making a lot of contrast light and dark life and death righteousness sin son of god satan did you guys catch that that everything that we were going through has been contrast after contrast. And now it's another contrast that he's talking about right here. Um, in verse 20, he mentions the true God. Three times the true God. In contrast to that, he's talking about the false gods, idolatry. We would say, and so the point is powerful. Jesus Christ is the true God. Everything else is idolatry. Everything else is false. Anything else that you put before the Lord is idolatry. What's the very first commandment? And uh, what is it? Exodus twenty. It's to love the Lord your God, right? Make him number one of all, before all, right? First and foremost. Secondly, he hits on idolatry, right? In verses four through six, I believe it is. And and uh by the way that is in your bibles right it may not be in certain churches in certain statues they skip that part cuz they want to no it's okay to have idols right no it's not catholics i don't think so the bible is very very clear no idols we're not to have that so it, it but idols come in very you know, lots of different forms. It could be our family. It could be uh, the toys that you have, your home. It could be your car. It could be um, your kids. It could be a lot of things that you place before your relationship with God. That's idolatry. That is running away from the Lord. And we, we... we should, yes, we should work really hard, right? We should, you know, the things that God's given us, that's good, that's great. Um, But don't let the work become first in your life. Let Christ Jesus be number one and foremost above all else, right? In your life. And don't let those things be the master passion in your life. Amen, church? Amen. Let's just stand up, guys. Uh, we made it. I, I gave you guys like five different teachings in one and jam-packed it right there. Uh, but may Jesus be our, our master passion in this life, and, and there, may there be no other anything else before him, right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much uh, for this time that you've given us. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would remove the things in our lives that are getting in the way, uh, Lord, that we truly would set up uh, the things in our lives that would be pleasing in your sight, Lord, that we would walk according to your will, that we would stop playing church, that we would stop playing uh, the things of this world and thinking that we're okay, but Lord, rather... We just want to know you, Lord. And because we know you, we, we, we love you, Father. And because we love you, we want to serve you. And I ask, Lord, that you grant us understanding. You grant us wisdom. You grant us uh, your word, Lord. Open up our heart to understand uh, the things that you want us to in the times that we live in right now. Be with uh, our country Lord, morally, where it's falling, uh, the abortion, the, the, the things that are happening, Lord, I pray that you give us wisdom as believers and what to do and how to stand uh, the discernment that we need in these days. Be with us, Father. We need your help. In Jesus' name. Amen. In your life. And don't let those things be the master passion in your life. Amen, church? Amen. Let's just stand up, guys. Uh, We made it. I I gave you guys like five different teachings in one and jam-packed it right there. Uh, But may Jesus be our our master passion in this life and and may there be no other anything else before him, right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much uh, for this time that you've given us. Uh, We pray, Lord, that you would remove the things in our lives that are getting in the way. uh, Lord, that we truly would set up Uh, The things in our lives that would be pleasing in your sight, Lord, that we would walk according to your will, that we would stop playing church, that we would stop playing uh, the things of this world and thinking that we're okay, but Lord, rather... We just want to know you, Lord. And because we know you, we, we, we love you, Father. And because we love you, we want to serve you. And I ask, Lord, that you grant us understanding. You grant us wisdom. You grant us uh, your word, Lord. Open up our heart to understand uh, the things that you want us to in the times that we live in right now. Be with uh, our country. Lord, morally, where it's falling, uh, the abortion, the, the, the things that are happening, Lord, I pray that you give us wisdom as believers in what to do and how to stand uh, the discernment that we need in these days. Be with us, Father. We need your help. In Jesus' name, amen.